back to adventure high where every episode's an adventure now what was it you were just about to tell me and said actually no start recording yes i have an idea what which is just kind of like it i feel like here's going to be my new standard i'm setting for myself okay every okay. episode we record i'm gonna dress up why i have a large closet expansive for those who don't know very many items of clothing yes it you takes do me weeks to do my laundry um weeks. i have so many like really pretty things that i can't wear so, like, why not just, like... Why not? Set the mood with the dress I'm wearing. I have lots of dresses. I have gowns. Gowns? I put on a gown. You should put on a gown. I could put on a gown right now. Except that we've already hit record. Yeah. I have a gown I could wear. You're thinking about it. I can see. I'm a little uh, gunky in my throat. I'm sorry. To that just can hear happened. It. That literally... Your gunk just just showed up. It ju- I think I laughed and then it as we were worked, about it dislodged, worked some stuff from up. Your oh, chest. It, maybe it's going away. I don't know. Welcome back, anyway, to a very long overdue. Where is why is? Yeah, I think it's number seven. And I'm gonna I'm gonna address the rumors. <laughs> address the rumors, babe. <laughs> I have not. Stuff there have been times where there have been times where I'm like, I ain't putting any effort in. When I'm telling you, I'm I'm whipping up a Wikipedia page that I have never read. <laughs> I'm going to do an episode on it. And I'm not ashamed. The weather's nice, you know. I, we have a very short window in Maine to actually leave our houses. And this is it. This is it. And also, we have lives. We both work full-time jobs, and I'm also, I'm just going to warn you. I'm going to warn you, okay? Listen, we're sitting right now on, like, five episodes, at least. Maybe six. I don't remember anymore. Six or seven. (laughs) We have, let's see, one or two with us. Yeah. Three with Hannah and one with Colby. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be gone for most of August. Wow, my voice. I'm going to be gone for most of August. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in Maine. Now, are we going to try to just edit... Our little butts off and pre pre schedule them. Yes. Absolutely. Are we gonna miss a few weeks? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Just a warning. Without a doubt. Without so you know what? Live your life in August. I'll live mine, and we'll meet back in September. But maybe you'll hear from us a few times, and it'll be incredibly pre recorded. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. I doubt we'll record again before September. Probably nothing current at all. No, and there'll be a big dry spell on Where's Wyas because we have only normal episodes. But you know what? You know, you don't come here for consistency. No, you don't. That's we not never, you, we that's never not promised that. No. Never. Our old outro. Do you remember our old outro, everyone? Yeah. Because, let me tell you, it was honest. It was honest, and, and unfortunately, that's what it is again. But, you know, we got we got things to do. Not that we don't love this. This is a passion project, but there's also, like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking so seriously. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Um, there's also money to be made. Places yeah. Places to go, people to see, you know? Well, well you know, while the sun's Priorities. shining, okay? <laughs> well, we're still young. Well, we're still in our prime. Okay. Um, anyways. That um, being said, yeah. those of you who have listened before, I did my research and I have a Google Doc written. I've done my research in, in years past and I have a... This is, this is a passion of yours. Yes, and I don't, I'm not going to do it justice whatsoever, but I kind of had to, you know... Shoot a shot in the dark. Well, it is where is why, so you actually get to go first and then have the burden off. You can just listen. <sighs> yes. Unless you would like it to be. No, absolutely. Don't do that. Why People is... are going to get mad. Where is? <laughs> why is where is? 
No, pop me off the knees, why don't you? Okay, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna listen then. Yeah, I will. Color um, commentate. So there was Very a time, and at, at the end of our most favorite, my personal favorite episode, mine too. Edgeen slash Everest. Yeah, where is wise for probably our best. Where is wise? Yeah, at the end of that, um, I had mentioned how we will <laughs> never speak of the Holocaust, and I want to say I am not going to be talking about the Holocaust <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of pertain to the subject that i'm speaking on this is nothing religious this is nothing political no it is merely aware hard cold facts baby okay so i'm gonna be talking about the 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 art theft the the greatest it's it's termed the greatest theft in history because yes. it could be called that on um, the art theft that happened in world war two two was it yes. two? Yeah. It was one now, or two. people, there, there is a difference, be it subtle, between the Holocaust and World War II. There are things you can talk about that have no, that have no religious affiliation, okay? Yes. yes. Which, it's just a time in our lives, okay? Yes. So, you'll, you, you, I was going to say, you're your old man. No, no one's old man. Old um, man. Hitler. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> old man Hitler. Be like, oh yeah, old man Hitler. Oh, old man Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so he had an obsession with art. He was actually a very talented artist. Yes. Despite not he, getting into school, he was not as good as the other artists. Yes. Um, that were out there, and then that that took into the whole like him disliking Jewish people. He got a little it, spicy yeah. about it, and yeah, yeah. So there was a lot to it, but he had a love of art all through his life mm-hmm. and seeing as he was such a corrupt disturbed person that translated into just stealing art from everyone yeah like that's his that was his second agenda was he wanted to create this giant beautiful art museum with all the art he'd stolen right um great in theory but maybe buy it <laughs> yeah maybe like do some effort maybe commission but an artist that was part of like his thing and all of his little minions they collected art <laughs> <laughs> yes they're called minions and i think um there was, like, all the art museums that, like, what is that one in France called? Um, the Louvre. Yes. Is that in France? No, wait. Yeah, I don't know. Italy? I don't know. Somewhere you're Italy is also big in art, so yeah. I don't remember. Like, they, they were, like, hiding things. They were shipping things out. Right. They're shoving things in caves. They're, they were they were, doing the old swap with an identical... I don't know that they know? did that. I'm sure there were times that they did, but, um, like, they... A lot of the statues that they couldn't move, they mm. had, like, they put, like, they built brick, like, cages around them oh to gosh. try to protect in case something bombed or something, um, to try to protect this art. And that was a whole nother, like, <coughs> big thing that happened. But to me, to me, one of the most fascinating pieces that went missing and still has never been found. The Mona Lisa. No. <laughs> smudge writing on hand that's the only piece of art i know it's a Mona Lisa. <laughs> i am talking about the amber room do you know anything about the amber room i'm googling it everyone at home google <laughs> i have so much in my throat right now so the amber room was panels that went on a wall of this room they're made out of amber um and gold leaf and mirrors and they were beautiful and gorgeous oh it is beautiful yes so i'm then this is me reading off of wikipedia but it was made in the 18th century in prussia Ooh, gorgeous. Um, it was considered the eighth wonder of the world before it vanished during World War II. A whole room? Yeah. So, what? The, the history of it... He disappeared a room? Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so the history of it was, um, let me see. <laughs> let me look at the history of it. There's an so, article here that's Polish divers hope Nazi shipwreck holds key to Amber Room treasure. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm getting what? at, bro. That's I'm like, I'm, I'm already, this is going to be another Gene Everest episode. Oh I my gosh. Like. So the Amber Room, um, okay. It was made in 1701 with the purpose of being installed um, at the Charlottenburg Palace, the residence of Frederick, the first king of Prussia, um, at the urging of his second wife. So it was made and designed by Andreas. <laughs> See, the sounds. Shh, don't speak. Schlutter? Something like that. I don't know. You can look it up if you want to know. Yep. Um was fabricated by Gartafried Wolfen, the master craftsman. Um, so it was, a lot of people did this. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> so it was intended to go into the palace, um, but it was eventually installed in the Berlin City Palace. It didn't remain there for long. Um, Peter the Great of Russia admired it during a visit in uh, 1716, and King Frederick's first son, Frederick William, presented the room to Peter as a gift, Ooh. which uh, formed an alliance between them. Nice. So it was pretty big. Um, yeah, it looks gorgeous. It the room covered more than fifty five square meters, so that would be five hundred ninety square feet, and contained over mm. six tons of amber. That's um, expensive. It took ten years to construct. If you look up pictures, it's literally stunning. It's I I would imagine like standing gorgeous. alone in it, it would be one of those like liminal spaces that your mind can't quite comprehend you're in. Mm -hmm. Like it looks awesome. So during World War Two, um, knowing like it was, and everything was being plundered, everything was being stolen. Yeah, it's so it's knowing a world that, war. Yeah, um, they were trying to pack it up to hide it. I believe what was what was trying to be done. Um, so let's see. They tried to remove and dismantle it. Um, but it was, over the years, the amber had dried out and become a bit brittle, making it impossible to move the room without the amber crumbling. Mm. So it was hidden behind mundane wallpaper in an attempt to keep the German forces from seizing it. Oh, they literally wallpapered amber? Yeah. So, but if any of them knew where in the I castle mean, it was... It's the eighth wonder of the world. How do you steal a room, though? So it's not, like, that surprising. They're gonna be like, yeah, um, it's up the hall to the left. Don't <laughs> ignore the ugly wallpaper. Yeah. I've, and what can they I do? Know. I get it. What can they um, do? German soldiers dismantled the amber room within 36 hours under the supervision of two experts. So what the museum couldn't do in probably weeks, they did in 36 hours. Yep. Yep. Um, so eventually it made it to... Um, By dismantled, you just mean take the amber off the wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just Like, it, it was... The wall was, like, in... It was in panels. So it was, like, yeah. on the yeah. wall. It wasn't... It's like wood paneling. Yeah. You can just strip think, off it. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, on October 1941, the priceless room reached um, East Prussia for storage and display in the town's castle. Um, uh, orders given by Hitler on January 21st and 24th ordered the movement of looted possessions from Kronigsberg, where it was. Um, so that allowed them to transport it. However, before the Amber Room could be moved, Eric Koch, who was in charge of the civil administration um, during the final months of the war, abandoned his post and fled from the city, leaving General Otto Lasch in command. 
don't know why probably that matters. Auto. Yeah, probably. In <laughs> August 1944, Kronigsberg um, was heavily firebombed by the Royal Air Force. It suffered further extensive damage from artillery, advancing Red Army, before final occupation in the 9th of April. So, essentially, they never... They never found the room. It, yeah. Just so they're thinking maybe it was and... destroyed, but they didn't even find the destroyed remains of the room. Right. So I know that throughout the years there have been a couple of times where people have found, like, there was a piece of it that was in possession of someone. Um, I would imagine a criminal could sell it for a lot of money on the black market. Pieces. Uh, yeah. I, I would mean, imagine. pieces, so. but, like... Um, there have been, there've been lots of... I'm trying to think of the one, because there's one specific... Um, there was a man, I think he was a man, (laughs) who was found, it was, like, found in his apartment that he had a piece of the amber room. Ooh. Just, like, chilling. I, I get, I get selling it piecemeal, but but then that also devalues the, the beauty of ever building the whole room again. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess you could build it smaller, but. Um, let's see if I can find the part. Okay. In 1997, a group of German art detectives got a tip that someone was trying to hawk a piece of the Amber Room. They raided the office of the seller's lawyer and found one of the room's mosaic panels in Bremen. Bremen. Um, but the seller was the son of a deceased soldier who had no idea as to the panel's origin. Mm. One of the more extreme theories is that Stalin actually had a second amber room in the gym german stole a fake well that's oh. possible um i mean but stalin wasn't the nicest guy either no. so that was the only time they ever found a piece was this guy who had it which i mean probably the guy just yeah took a piece with him if he helped dismantle if i was it. gonna say if i were working on it i would pocket a little bit mm-hmm. they've 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 reconstructed a well, a fake, I guess. They've, mm-hmm. like, remade. A replica. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not at all. It's not pure real. amber. Yeah. But there's, there's so many things like, there's so many famous paintings and things like the Amber Room mm-hmm. that have gone completely missing. I know there's just one famous painting that's called, like, <laughs> something stupid. I'm sorry, old paintings have very, like, they stupid do, They names. do. Um, it's like the, the little, like, prince boy or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, and uh, most of the art changed hands, and the part that I didn't want to bring the, didn't want to bring the Holocaust into it, but a lot of the pieces of art that um, Hitler had and displayed in his museums, the ones that were really nice, were done by the Jewish the, artists, yeah. but he just covered that up. Yeah. Um, like the Lady in Gold, I think was one of them. Which, there's, like, huge story to that one. It was, um, which I, I kind of don't off the top of my head. The lady. I think it was. In gold. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. Woman in gold is a movie. Hold on. <laughs> lady in gold. Or woman the golden in gold. lady. Or... 60 years after fleeing Vienna. Yes. A Jewish woman attempts to reclaim her family's possessions. It's the portrait blah, blah, blah. of Adele Bloch Bauer. So oh, I see. This was a just absolutely stunning painting. Wow, that was done. I believe it was done of a Jewish woman. It's beautiful um, by a Jewish man potentially, mm-hmm. um, who was a really great artist, and it was 
one that was... It looks exactly like the real woman. Yep. I mean, exactly. It was one that was, like, loved by the Nazis. Mm -hmm. Um, So they took it, and at the end of the war, which happened with a lot of art pieces, it stayed in the museum that it got put in possession of during World War. Mm. So when the family tried to reclaim it, they couldn't because it was in possession of the museum, even though it was wrongfully stolen and given to the museum anyways. So this, that particular story is, like, a huge thing of a woman, like... She went to court and It looks like the movie's very good. It is. And she eventually got it back. And she did. I think she ended up selling it. Um, which is a lot of work to just sell it. But I understand because, you know, mm-hmm. it was her right to do with it what she wanted um, because it was her painting. But there's a lot of pieces of art like that that happened. Uh, that what are, do you know anything about the, the Polish divers that think they found the Amazon? I have not seen that. Here, let's read about it. Right now, uh, right off the top. Let's, let's read it. Um, Polish divers say they may have found the wreck of the German Second World War ship that helped um, solve a decades-old mystery about the whereabouts of the ra- Amber Room. Are we about to solve a case? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, okay. The Karlsruhe steamer set sail from Kron's, the, the Konigsberg. Konigsberg. You're pointing to me like I know. I know. Um, The Berg. You know, the one we were talking about where it was. Oh, okay, okay. In 1945, um, with heavy cargo, before Soviet warplanes sunk it off the coast of Poland. Divers from this group say they found the wreck of the ship. And in Um, the Amber Room, perhaps? Possibly. We've been looking for the wreckage since last year when we realized there could be the most interesting undiscovered story lying at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. Ooh. When the divers said. Let's go to the Baltic. It's partially intact and in its holds we discovered military vehicles, porcelain, and many crates with content still unknown. Imagine Mm. how much like actual memorabilia and actual like stuff that they want in museums is just sitting in the Baltic. Possibly art. There's so because there were Statues. so many like there was so much theft during, they were just thieves. during the world yeah. wars and it's like what's mine is mine what's yours is mine they just they literally just got in a ship and they shipped it yeah and so many ships sank so yeah. many ships sank it could literally be anywhere um i don't know i don't see any other updates on it some so they, of our I'm greatest mysteries could be it. just in the bottom of the baltic sea right now it's entirely possible i know that was like super like messy and everywhere but essentially there was this beautiful amber room it's interesting, though. They stole that, a room, and it yeah, went undiscovered. that they tried to hide and couldn't, and so the Nazis took it, and then they lost it, which is absurd. It's six tons of amber. I was gonna say, how do you misplace, like, you drop it? Oh, six tons of amber. It's it's somewhere on Earth, I would imagine. It has to be, and if it had been in the wreckage, they would have found it, because even if it's, even if it was broken, it would still be worth yeah so much money. So, I mean, anyone could have taken it if the person that was responsible for protecting and guarding it left. Mm. It could have fallen into the hands of literally anyone. But that's also just what we hear. Like, that right. that could also not be true, for all we know. Um, but it has yet to be found, along with just hundreds of, probably so thousands of art pieces that are, a lot of them just, like, on the black market. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they have been found, but that's not Art was huge back then, way bigger than now, and I almost wonder if that's why it's not now, because it's just like, well, why bother? Everyone's got stolen, and the credit got taken, the art kind of fell off. 
I mean, there's like compared to now. I mean, now it's, it's funny. All, art is like a red paintbrush on a true white canvas. I feel like overseas, it's a, still a huge. Oh thing. yes, yeah. And that's why, like, because when you're when you're that when you are that rich, when you have all the money in the world, like, what is something that you can't buy? You can't buy people's talent, talent. you can't buy you originality can't. yeah so art is such a hot commodity to trade mm-hmm. especially ones that are missing or stolen yeah, or right. have this sort of a history to them imagine um, the 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 brag of knowing you own a stolen world war ii painting that must be in those big circles where you're untouchable you know the richy riches yeah imagine being like yeah and this is one of the original stolen blah blah blahs from the Holocaust, that just, like, that is such a weird brag, but you know they are. Oh, absolutely. There's, oh my gosh, there's, it, probably the draw of it is the fact that it was yeah. involved in that. I mean, not that, not that I claim to know the, the goings that, on of yeah, the black Not that I have the, any <laughs> World War II art hidden in my basement, but. Oh, here's a little tiddly bit. Okay. Um, approximately 20% of the art in Europe was looted by the Nazis. And there are well over 100,000 item, items that have not been returned to their rightful owners. Wow. The majority um, of what is still missing includes everyday objects such as china, crystal, and silver. The extent to which looted art was taken was seen according to... Seen according to... What is that name? What Spiel, is that name? Spielgler. What are you running? <laughs> what are you running? <laughs> Um, the Nazi art cons- confiscation program has been called the greatest displacement of art in human history. Well, I would have to agree. Um, the United States government has estimated that German forces and other Nazi agents before and during World War II had seized or coerced the sale of one-fifth of all the Western art then in existence. Approximately is a, a quarter lot. of a million pieces of art. That is a lot. Yeah. Jeez. To this day, some tens of thousands of artworks stolen by the Nazis have still not been located. And, they, I mean, they're still finding them. Like, right. there was a documentary done. It was done a while ago that I watched where they uncovered a cave just oh full of art. Dang. Just sitting there. All their eggs in one basket, yeah. huh? It's not like they were doing anything with it. It's just sitting there. Um, and that keeps happening. But there's so many places. It could, it could be absolutely anywhere. Anywhere on Earth. You know the Amber Room is somewhere on Earth. It's not like they melted down a room worth of amber and it's like making jewelry now it's mm-hmm. somewhere on earth there it is raphael's portrait the amber of room. a young man that is one of the most famous paintings that is still missing portrait of, of a young, young man i think it's because it was done by raphael but i see oh okay i found it they say that they know it survived but they don't know where it is which means it's probably in the hands of an independent collector mm-hmm um, and he, it will not be recovered. He looks because... like an actor. This is the portrait of a young man. <laughs> he looks like an actor. Hold on, I think his name is, uh, he looks like Paul Dano. Everyone look up the Raphael <laughs> portrait of a man and look up Paul Dano. Tell me you don't see a little bit of a <laughs> resemblance. Uh, anyway. Anyways. Um, child, anyways. Child, anyways. There's a lot more to that. There's a lot more to it that I know that I just honestly haven't, like, looked up to know in a long time, but... That was one of the... That was interesting, though. I mean, they got away with it, and we know they got away with it, and yet mm-hmm. we still can't solve it. No. 
there's they they are just sitting pretty and smugly not that somehow everyone missed someone transporting all this amber somewhere else right and no one has record of it or was concerned what size ship do you need to transport an entire room of amber plating like Uh, let's see how big was the room with two r's The amber room. So it'd be estimated to be worth a hundred and forty-two million dollars. Oh my gosh! Just the amber. It's probably just covered in scum on the bottom of the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Fish are living in it. Yeah. It's probably ruined. Or it could be in someone's house. Or literally, it someone's real could be anywhere. I would have an ulcer if I were hiding the amber room in my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine oh. the stress. I can't imagine just harboring a piece of stolen art. No. I would never be okay with it. If I had a stolen fork, I would be, so, I would be so like, they're just... coming. Mailman comes up to the door. I'm like, oh God, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I know. I wonder if like, would you get in trouble for that though? Because if you if came you about it. If you didn't know? Or do you? Even if you did know, if you came about it honestly. If you I feel like, like that's a gray area. If you went to the cops and say, I own the stolen fork, I'd like to give it to you. Well, because the people who have these pieces of art, they didn't steal it. True. They know it was stolen. Yeah. That is a gray area. Unless what? it's not and it's simply a very Googleable question. <laughs> but, but we'll never Google we'll it because we don't it. really want to know. No, but that is interesting. Yeah. And especially, like, if you didn't know, I would hope you can't get in trouble. I would think not, but it's, I feel like it's very, it's You had very no malice, no intent Questionable, even to... if you did know, because if you came about it honestly, or if it was given to you, or if, and that's the thing of, like, that was the thing with the woman in gold, like, it had been... Right. ...there for, in the museum, it was given to them... Right. ...by well, someone it's who like claimed to you, own it. like, when you see, like, you see serial killers that, like, bring home things for their wife that they took from victims... If the cops find it with the wife, that's not her fault. No. You know what I mean? But Even she didn't know still- it was from a serial killer. Or right. Or a dead body. Right. So, so I, I would assume don't... if you just bought a painting yeah, and, and it didn't was stolen, know. it wouldn't be your fault they would trace it to, okay, who did you buy it from? Who did they buy it from? Yeah. Who did they buy it from? I mean, if you don't know, you can't really... I mean, I would hope. I'm just... See, I'm just asking you because I'm really worried about this painting that I have and I, <laughs> I don't want to get caught. But... Yeah. Dang. Someone stole a whole room. Yep, and someone stole a whole room. And we've had decades to figure it out. And no one knows and where it is. nobody knows where no it is. No one even has any other clue. The only clue they ever found was that one piece that that one guy had. Oh, was from his dad. He probably was just like, from ooh, I'm going to take a piece home to my family. Right. Because why not at why that not? point? Um, so that's the story of the Amber Room and the art theft. And there's so much more to it if you're interested. I would highly recommend. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, that's all I personally have. And see, you can talk about World War II without talking about the Holocaust. See, you can do it. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. We are not... We are not... Although, I did have to temper myself. Okay. (sighs) But I did. I did. I just have a lot to say. I mean, arguably, I would say the Holocaust and slavery are probably the world's two greatest sins. Yes. So, if you don't have knowledge or an opinion on it, you're, you're... you're a little under a rock, okay? That's true. If you know nothing of it. We're wow. passionate about it because we never want it to repeat itself. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are appalled. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Anyways, well. That was my contribution. Mine How is... How bad it was. It was not bad. No. You thought Everest would be bad and then look what happened. <laughs> mine? 
I tried very hard, you guys, for you to find one that did not take place in the 70s and did <laughs> not take place in California. You're welcome. Here we are. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, Harold Shipman. He was an English general practitioner, so this was over in the UK. This isn't even America's crime, all right? Um, he's thought to be one of the most prolific serial killers in modern history, and I say modern because this happened, like, in the 90s. Recently. Upsetting. Like, when we were alive. Um, he is confirmed and convicted of having murdered 15 patients under his care, but the realistic number is probably 250. Um, ah, 80% of them are old women. Um, the youngest confirmed victim was 41. Um, he is suspected of a four-year-old, but they can't pin it on him. He did prefer older patients because no one really thought anything of it. Um, and he is the only British doctor ever found guilty of murdering his own patients. Wow. They're doing good over there. They're, they really are. Yeah. See, we, 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 we admit to our mistakes in the 70s, but come on, guys, this was the 90s. Yeah. Learn from us. Yeah. Learn, does news Look travel slow? Like, Look learn us. from Do us. Do better. <laughs> so, in 1946, the year my father was born, he was born in Nottingham. He was the second of three kids. Um, he had a working class parents. They were Methodists. Um... He was an incredibly talented athlete in school, um, both in rugby and as a distance runner. He was, like, a very good athlete. Um, he was very close to his mom, who died of lung cancer when he was 17. I feel like all male serial killers have a close relationship with their mom, and yeah. then the mom dies when they're teenagers. Um, her death was very similar to what later became his M.O. when he was killing, um, she ended up on a morphine drip at home, administered by a home doctor, and Shipman basically had to watch his... He watched his mother's pain subside from it, but she ended up dying in the home. Um, three years after she died, he married Primrose Oxtaby, and they had four children. Um, he studied medicine at Leeds School of Medicine and graduated in 1970, and began working at an infirmary. And four years after that, became a general practitioner at a, me at a medical center in Todmorden. A bunch of British names. Um, in 1971, he was caught forging prescriptions for his own use and was fined 600 pounds and briefly went to a drug rehab clinic in York. Um, they then asked him to move to a different medical center near Manchester as a general practitioner and... In 1977, no, he moved there in 1977. He continued working all throughout the 80s. He had his own surgery. Um, he was a very respected member of the community. Um, so in 1998, the year I was born. Ooh. I know. Hate Yucky. That. <clears throat> he, yeah, so in 1998, Linda Reynolds, who worked in the same hospital as him, expressed concern to John Pollard, who was the coroner for Southern Manchester, about the high death rate among Shipman's patients. Um, she was worried about the large number of cremations for elderly women that he had needed countersigned. Um, 
police couldn't find enough evidence to bring charges and they closed the case within a month. Bro, look a little harder, man. Bro, I know. Look a little harder. Look a little harder. I feel like when someone accuses someone in the medical field or in the, like, the, the police force or something like that yeah look, look a little harder than you might yeah otherwise this isn't this isn't like a home invasion if someone, in some has, a, neighborhood. If someone has a place of power yeah look a little harder bro. yeah it's a white man in a position of power i automatically don't trust him, yeah okay? <laughs> dang um this police the, who, whoever was on the case were later blamed for assigning inexperienced officers to the case like the guy Ooh. in charge was like oh this is probably nothing i'm gonna put the newbies on it and later they were like hey this could have stopped wow. in 98. And <clears throat> if you'd done your job. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> after the down. investigation was closed, Shipman killed three more people. And in August of 98, John Shaw, a taxi driver, he went to the police and told them that he suspected Shipman of murdering 21 patients. He had become suspicious of the many elderly um, customers he took to the hospital who seemed to be in good health and died in his care. So, shout out to this taxi driver, shout out to the John taxi Shaw. Guy. He's really doing the most. He's really observant. Really? He really cares about his his customers. Genuinely. Um, so, Shipman's last victim was Kathleen Grundy, who was found dead in her home. He was the one who signed her death certificate, recording the cause of death as simply old age. Um, Kathleen's daughter, who was a lawyer, Angela Woodruff, became very concerned when a solicitor informed her that her mother's will had been made, and supposedly by her mother, um, but that the solicitor doubted its authenticity. So he took it to the daughter and said, basically, does this sound like your mom? Because Mm. I don't think this is your mom. Um, The will excluded Angela and her children, but left 386,000 pounds to shipment. Well, that makes sense. The solicitor (laughs) told her to go to the police, and finally they began to investigate. Thank you, police. Just, just. I, mean, I didn't think anyone would notice that one. Yeah, come on. Too um, old of you, sir. They exhumed Kathleen's body and found traces of heroin. Uh, there's a more medical name, but it's basically heroin. Um, it's often used for pain control in terminal cancer patients. Um, Shipman claimed that she had been an addict and showed them comments he had written to that effect in his computer. But when they examined his computer, it showed that they were written after her death. So, even so, yeah. So, they arrested him in September of 98. Um, when they searched his house, they found that he owned the same typewriter that the will was written on. Um, journalists suspect he either forged the will because he wanted to be caught because his life was out of control or because he planned to retire and leave the UK entirely if it worked. Probably that one. He maybe didn't even care which it was. But um police started to investigate other deaths that Shipman had certified and found at least 15 cases that they really were suspicious of. Um they found a pattern of him giving lethal doses of heroin, signing patients death certificates and then falsifying medical records to indicate that they had poor health basically so saying like this person was in so much pain or they were terminal or they had cancer when really they were just old and they're going to their doctor um in 2003 it was pointed out that by a professional that if statistical moderate monitoring 
had been done, it could have led to an alarm being raised at the end of 1996, when there were 67 excess deaths in females over the age of 65, compared to 119 by 1998. So, literally, if just anyone had listened to that first lady... Like, if anyone had hold anyone account- accountable... Like, 100 like, people would still be alive. Dang. Um, so... <clears throat> He was tried in October of 1999, and by January of 2000, after six days of deliberation, the jury found Shipman guilty of all 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. He was sentenced to life in prison on all 15 counts, so he would actually spend his whole life in there. Yeah. Which is, that's how they should do it. America yeah, doesn't do it enough. You kill 15 people, you get... 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Kill 15 people, you get held accountable 15 times. I'm sorry. Um, so, life in prison on 15 counts with a recommendation that he never be released. So, like, no parole, no good behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were be they were to be conserved concurrently. Um, and, and added four years for the will forgery. Good for them, honestly. Yeah. Like, he's gonna be in there forever, but good for you really just... Yeah. You're dotting your I's and crossing your T's here. Um, just a fun fact, he became friends with a fellow serial killer, Peter Moore, while in prison. So this prison had multiple serial killers in it. Wow, that's nice. Just all hanging Um, out. Had a good time. He consistently denied his guilt, trying to dispute all the scientific evidence, being like, I'm a doctor, I know. I am not, I am not the one who did it. They were just old. (laughs) Um, he never made public statements, um, but his wife, Primrose, always maintained her husband's innocence. The whole time, till she was blue in the face, she said he is innocent no matter what evidence they showed her. Sure. Um, so on January 13th in 2004, at 6.20 a.m., Shipman hung himself in his cell on the eve of his 58th birthday and was pronounced dead at 8.10. Um, he had hung himself by the bars of his window using bed sheets, and, of course, they had to notify all the victims' families, and the families felt cheated. They said his suicide meant that they would never have the satisfaction of his confession, or the answers as to why he did it, or just yeah. him rotting in jail forever. And that's true. Um, some of the cops said that celebration was tempting. There's a quote saying, you wake up and receive a call telling you Shipman has topped himself, and you think, is it too early to open a bottle? And then you discover that everyone is very upset that he's done it at all. So the police were feeling like, yes, he's gone. He mm. doesn't deserve to live. Yeah. Whereas the victim's families were like, he should he should grow old in there. Yeah. Um, so his death divided national newspapers, um some branding him a cold coward and condemning the prison service for letting it happen, while others ran a celebratory front-page headline reading, Ship, Ship, Hooray! (laughs) One paper called uh, for the inquiry into his suicide to look more widely at UK prisons as a whole, as well as the welfare of the inmates, and it turned into this whole political thing. You can't take... Bed sheet. like you can't take every you can't just have them you in can't a room just knock on them bed with sheets. nothing they can also bang their head against the wall enough like yeah if no. someone wants to kill themselves yes they're going to kill them and I get this prisons aren't <laughs> rehabilitating like they used to they're just like I I get it but you have to have bars on the windows you have to have bed sheets mm-hmm. 
again also like don't can, use this to turn it into something when they were turning it into something political and the victim's families were kind of like hey we're upset by this yeah and the police were kind of like he didn't deserve to live thank god so everyone was on a different side um some people proposed um that they change life sentencing to indefinite sentencing to give prisoners the hope of eventual release and reduce risk of them ending their own lives as well as making management easier for officials which i'm sorry but if you've done something bad enough to be in jail i don't think you deserve hope no and he doesn't deserve to be released ever no the families don't have hope like the victims are dead they don't have hope so i don't think the criminals should have hope um his motive for suicide was never found, um, but he reportedly had told his probation officer that he was considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security. Um, he had a National Health Service pension that she would not have been entitled to if he had lived past 60. So he decided to off himself at 58, I guess, to make sure, because she still loved him. They were still close. That's just weird. Yeah. It was also evidence that, um, after having defended his innocence, despite the evidence, Primrose was starting to suspect his guilt. Um, Shipman had refused to take part in courses which would have encouraged, um, acknowledging his crimes, leading to temporary removal of privileges, including the option to call his wife. So because he refused these things, now he couldn't even talk to her. Mm. Um... During this period, according to his cellmate, he received a letter from Primrose telling him to, quote, tell me everything, no matter what. So she was starting to get suspicious. Yeah. Um, In 2005, they came to the conclusion that his suicide, quote, could not have been predicted or prevented, but that procedures should nonetheless be reexamined. He was cremated in 2005 at night. The only people in attendance were his wife and four kids. They warned her not to bury him because they ha- they felt like he was so hated it would be vandalized constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was cremated and just unmarked nothing. They just, like, took him home. Um, they did find that he had stolen jewelry of his victims and given it to his wife, and they found sh- that she was selling it. She was like, why are you getting all this jewelry? I don't want it. So she was selling it, and then families were being like, this is my great aunt's pearl necklace, etc. In the end, they they found that on paper, 450 people died in his care, and they're guessing that over half were by murder. There are some patients that just die. Well, yeah, it happens. But, um, But not that much. Not that much, no. Um, I have a direct copy-paste from Wikipedia here that I'll read and then I'm done, but, um, the Shipman case and a series of recommendations in the Shipman Inquiry Report, which I believe is a book, they referenced it a few times, led to changes to standard medical procedures in the UK, now referred to as the Shipman Effect. Many doctors reported changes in their dispensing practices and a reluctance to risk overprescribing pain medication may have led to underprescribing. Um, death cer- mm. certification practices were altered as well. Perhaps the largest change was the movement from single doctor general practices to multiple doctor general practices. This was not a direct recommendation, but rather because the report stated that there was not enough safeguarding, safeguarding and monitoring of doctors' decisions. 
The forms needed for cremation now in England and Wales have had their questions altered as a direct result of the Shipman case. For example, the people organizing the funeral must answer, do you know or suspect that the death of the person who has died was violent or unnatural? Do you consider that there should be any further examination of the remains of the person who has died? So, medicine in UK completely changed and buckled down yeah. after his case, after his death. Because they were like, oops, all of these were avoidable. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oops, if someone was just, like, checking and monitoring. Even well, people that don't mean to. Their mistakes happen. Like, you need a monitor. Yeah. that's And being a doctor, is a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of power. You can pretty much do whatever you, you want. People's lives are in your hands. Yeah. You're God. Like, yeah. Yeah so because he had his own surgery he worked for a place he had his own surgery on a different street Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of doctors do they'll work two places yeah so anyone walked into there there wasn't like a staff of hospital workers to see them not walk out no so also was he just like killing them in his office he he did home visits too but also if someone was old or ill he was like, oh, well, they need this drug because they're in pain. Well, because usually, or, like, ser- serial killers get off on watching people die. Like, that's the part I of think, it. They're actively Well, he them. had to administer the overdose. Okay. So he did see it all. Mm-hmm. And then he would write the death certificate and immediately say, cremate them. And people and started... families were not suspicious of that? I know. People started being like, wow, you've signed a lot of death certificates lately and you don't have that many terminal patients, so he would post-date that they were terminal. But, like, the families would have known that they, like, didn't know that. I know. And then their, like, mom is just dead. And yeah. Like, well, it's fine. It's, I, and that's another thing, mm. like, more people need to come forward or not come forward. Yeah, but if something is weird. Beforehand, advocate for your elderly family members. I'm just saying, doctors are sometimes awesome, but they have 40 patients in their head. Just advocate for them. Yeah. Because, like, w- grandma's not going to speak up and be like, actually, I'm not on that medication. She's mm-hmm. just going to trust you. Mm-hmm. She's going to trust you blindly, which you yeah. shouldn't. They don't. They don't always know, and at a certain age, you don't have the ability to make those decisions. No. You're relying on those around you to make them for you. And and old people are trusting. Mm-hmm. If you're a nice, young, handsome, kind doctor, mm-hmm. like, you like, could oh, put he knows what he's anything doing. in that IV, and they're not going to question no. you. So be be the questioner, y'all. <laughs> be like, um, what <laughs> is this? What does it do? Yo. Can she have this with it? Et yeah. cetera. Because, like they've said a million times, like, this could all be completely avoided. If mm-hmm. the police had, like, done anything the first time when that lady was like, hey, this seems mm-hmm. weird to me, and they're like, nah, it's probably fine. <laughs> Dang. Wow. And that's the case of Harold Shipman, not in the 70s, not in California. Wow. We're very European today. Wow, we are. Where's the vibes? Wow, forget America. It's literally July 5th. <laughs> forget America. <laughs> it's July 5th, and we don't even touch on America. <laughs> I have national pride. Right. I feel like mine was awful in comparison. I feel like mine was awful in comparison. No. My throat's a little gravelly. No, now I need a really, drink. Mine was really bad. Me sitting here like, can I just like redo that entire thing? We said that about Everest and Gein. Oh, this then... one's so bad. There was like no information to mine. There was no You gave information. me inform. I had never even heard of the it's Amber just, Room. This place exists and now it's gone. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the people will disagree and now uh, they can do their own research. Yeah. Yeah. Do your own research. 
We're not here to do research. Do it, do it yourself. We don't claim to know everything about the South. I'm sure there's more to Harold Chipman. I don't claim Chipman. to know anything. There's more to Harold Chipman. <laughs> I've never but... claimed to know a thing. No, no. Oh, good golly. Well. Hey, we did it without laughing, really. We really did. Well, what was there to laugh about? True. Old ladies dying. Well, there never is anything to laugh about. Well, we just get in the silly, goofy mood. I'm just going to say, we're just feeling really silly. <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't enough details in my, in my well, mine was about the, it wasn't about the Holocaust? No, it wasn't. No. It was about World War Two. But it was, like, still, that's still. Those are two different it's things. It's gray area, though. You know? You don't laugh about that. <laughs> don't laugh about that stuff, you know? True. True. I mean, we laughed about John Wayne Gacy, but. That's a different, that's a different he animal. He was a clown. That's a different animal. Literally. Different animal. Literally. You know, the insult, what kind of clown are you? It's just so insult. Like, first of all, you're implying you're a clown. Second of all, you don't even know what kind. Like, you've never even heard <laughs> don't even know my of that brand of clown. As a clown. It's really insulting to clowns. Also, how mad do you have to be to say the likes of you? The that just hurts. If someone said you. the likes of you to me, I would cry. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not parading general. around with the likes of you. Yeah. Rude. I don't, I don't know. If anyone said anything mean, mean to me, I'd cry. It doesn't have to be anything specifically. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can take constructive criticism. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> like, oh, you're not doing that right. Or actually, you can't do that. I'll cry. Me too. I'll cry. I'll cry. If I don't immediately know what I am not supposed to be, or like, no. One time I left work at noon because I had a fever and I cried in the parking lot because I was like, I let them all down. I had a fever. What mood? Hannah, I know logically. Come on. But no. No. Stop playing with your jingly earrings. I can't not okay, well. do that. Well, happy 4th of July yesterday. Happy 4th, yeah, happy 4th, happy... Happy Monday, not Saturday. Listen, we wanted to just relax and be with our families. Oh, okay, it's a national holiday, we have did. some pride. And we did that, and now we're here, and now... Now it's Monday, and hopefully you'll hear from us Saturday, though again, I don't promise anything because it's summer and Nothing Maine. is guaranteed, although all we have to do is edit because we have... We, they're all in the bank. We're sitting, we're on, sitting on them. Um... Just I don't know squatting. if that's actually a phrase. We've been saying it a lot. <laughs> that's all we ever say. We're sitting on a lot of We're episodes right now. Um, I've recorded a lot lately. I'm tired of my own voice. I'm also tired my of vocal voice. My vocal cords are strained like this relationship, apparently. <laughs> Podcast is destroying us. It's ripping us apart. No, it's an adventure. Where every episode's a B. <laughs> I was like, how do we, how do we go back from that? Where now? every episode's a hi. 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 How you? Okay, well, we love you so much. We love you. Yeah, you know what? We do. Uh, question gonna... your doctors. Hold on to your art. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>